Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Julie, hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on, I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is. It's hump day. woo And now, from the palatial Bob and Sherry Studios, it's... It's hump day. Bob and Sherry. You guys, who's up for some hot tea first thing in the day? Are you ready? Mm-hmm. So, I subscribe to um, a Substack. By a journalist. As a guy, as a guy, I, when you uh-huh. say that, I I have to be subtle with my reply. Because are you uncomfortable um, being up for a, for a tea party? Does that make you? If if I uh, had a golf foursome and I said, "Are you guys ready for some hot tea?" They would drive away. <laughs> Then you need better <laughs> friends because your friends are boring <laughs> no, and not fun at all. No, okay. that's just not a guy thing you know to say, what? but go ahead. Your friends would engage in the hot tea. They just wouldn't call it the hot tea. Yeah. Well, I th- know yes. your friends and they that's ain't no gossip or you're a bunch of hands than that golf foursome. Let me tell you what. Shut the door. I know those it's the, it's the expression. No man has ever said, I have got some hot tea for you. Well, I None. have got some tea. All right, bring it on, bring it on, bring it on. It's so hot. Everybody gather around, gather around. So I subscribe to a Substack, which is like a blog for a journalist named Tony Ortega. People like me who are um, fascinated by Scientology are all going, oh, Tony Ortega, he's the guy that writes about Scientology. Listen, Tony Ortega, Mike Rinder, and Leah Remini are the unholy trinity of attempting to bring Scientology to its knees, and they are succeeding. Lisa Marie Presley, who just tragically passed away. I'm still not, my brain still doesn't want to hang on to that. I know. Cardiac arrest. I think she was 54. Lisa Marie Presley was brought into the church of Scientology in childhood after her father, Elvis Presley died. The Scientologists had been chasing Elvis for years and years and years, but the King of rock and roll was like, yo, just want my money. And he would not bite on their bait. And it drove them. Well, he was a very strong Christian also. That too, but he knew, Bob, he knew that it was just a money grab. And so Mm -hmm. um, Priscilla Presley got brought into the Church of Scientology by John Travolta. Lisa Marie Presley, before her death, um, gave an interview to Tony Ortega in which she spilled the tea in a couple of different ways, including, let me start with John Travolta. She said, "John John Travolta is the sweetest man, he, but he has no contact with reality. He has no internet. He does not, he has no internet at his house. He does not read the papers. He has no clue what's really happening. He is surrounded 24-7 by Scientology minders who, who shepherd him through his days. Now, you can go ahead and argue. I'm just telling you what was in um, Tony's Lisa Marie interview. Okay, go, mm-hmm. go argue with them. So that, that kind of jumped out, but that didn't shock me. That's not the part that shocked me because everything I've read about Travolta kind of matches up with that. And Lisa Marie and Kelly Preston, John Travolta's late wife, were friends. And when Lisa Marie would go to Travolta's to visit, she said that she and Kelly would get really, quote, unruly. And what unruly meant was they would talk about stuff that Scientologists are not supposed to talk about. They would question things and then they would get reported on by the minders. What? Okay. Now let's move to Tom Cruise. Um, Lisa Marie told Tony Ortega that everyone knew it was so clear how crazy in love Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman were. And and because Nicole was not all in on Scientology, 
the head of, of Scientology, David Miscavige, they, they formulated an all-out war on Nicole Kidman, and they did succeed in breaking up that marriage. And when Tony Ortega asked what she thought about Tom Cruise, Lisa Marie said, I can't give you her exact quote because the FCC prevents it, but she said, I bleeping hate him. I never want to be in the same room with him again. Really? Wow. Yes. Yes. So, like, I I had at one point, I had to scoop my eyes up off the kitchen table and cram them back into my head. I could not. And I and I read all this crazy Scientology stuff. I I was not really prepared for the Lisa Marie stuff, which um, came, you know, they published and republished some things after her death. Also, everything you've read, if you followed the Danny Masterson, that 70s show Hyde guy, his rape trial and mistrial, and now they're going to retry him again. Lisa Marie was going to testify against Masterson about what the Church of Scientology had done to those um, plaintiffs and witnesses. It really uh, is interesting and kind of amazing the lives that some of these, and they are superstars, if you take Travolta and Tom Cruise, the lives that they lead that are so unlike characters that they've played or your vision of what a movie star is. Because the idea that John Travolta, who flies 737s, he owns one. I don't know if it's a 737, but it's a big-ass plane. He used to fly it to Maine from California when he had a place there. Um, That takes a great amount of skill to do that and control. You are a man in control. The idea that there are guys hanging around your house keeping an eye on you and your wife is so bizarre. It is a very – it's a very different world than the one that most of us live in. And Lisa yeah. Marie talks about, um, let me, I'll, you know what, I'll send Doc a link to Tony Ortega's Substack, And if you want to look at it, you can, we'll post it up. But she talks about how, you know, she got dumped at um, flag base in Clearwater, Florida as a child. And that she was basically raised by a Scientology minder named Debbie, who she loves like family. She talks about going back to Clearwater with her son, Benjamin, and her daughter, Riley, and confronting or trying to confront David Miscavige about a number of things, including his long, mysteriously missing wife. Lisa Marie, in the last days, she didn't know they were the last days, but Lisa Marie, in the last days of her life, was just... So she was coming for them. Coming for them, yeah. Wow. Coming for them. And, and Tony Ortega makes a point at the end of that particular post where he's like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of conspiracy now around, oh, Lisa Marie's death. He said, but her grandmother died of cardiac arrest at a young age. Her father died. Lisa had a history of substance issues. It, it's not, it's tragic, but not shocking. Unexpected. Like he, yeah. wow. he was trying to like kind of make the point, like, stop it. The Scientologist didn't murder her. But, you know, we live in an age where everything's a conspiracy. Fascinating yeah. stuff. Anyway, we've got yeah. morons in the news coming up. We're going to take you down the rabbit hole with Southwest Airlines. Comedian Jamali Maddox on the show today. And how to date yourself because you don't need anybody else. Welcome to Love Month. It's February. It's Bob and Sherry. The Fun Size Podcast. A shareable taste of the show. At our website or the free, free Bob and Sherry app. 
So let me give our audience a little behind-the-scenes peek into part of the Bob and Sherry show. Uh, Sherry does the show from her house. I do the show from my – we're we're all all over the place, but we come together. And, you know, we obviously we're listening to each other. And uh, I can see Sherry, and she can see me because we have this this program where um, we dial it up. And uh, actually, she does. And then I dial it up, and we both connect. And I can see her, and we look at each other all throughout, you know, the morning for hours and hours and hours uh, during the course of a week. It's a kind of a treat for her, I'm sure. But uh, that's it is. I mean, it's. I'm not going to lie. The weekends are so long. Thank you. The weekends they just much. drag. <laughs> so uh, before I connect with her, there's a there's a screen, and it says Bob Lacey. And it, there's a, it's my picture, and that's the picture uh, that you know identifies me, and then it goes live. And I'm looking at it right now because we haven't really pulled up the, the screen yet. And it's a picture of me. It says, Bob Lacey, parentheses, you. Well, you know, I, I knew. You know, I, I knew that was me. And then down below, it says, this is your space. Draft messages, list your to-dos. Or keep links and files handy. You can also talk to yourself here, but please bear in mind, you'll have to supply both sides of the conversation. Are, is, is, this, is, is this website um, punking me or is that serious? <laughs> the now, fact I'm, that that needs uh, to be explained tells you someone complained. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have a problem with that. And I just, I read that and I went, well, th- this is not an issue for you because you talk to yourself. I want to know, and I don't know when that started, but it's, it's, um, it's become not prominent in my life, but I will hear myself talking to myself and I don't want to do that. Mary will sometimes say, who are you talking to? And I'll say, uh, I'm just going over some stuff for the show. No, you're not. You're talking to yourself. <laughs> she caught me. And I have a relative who lives alone and has lived alone for years and years and years. His parents passed away and he's always lived alone. And uh, when I see him, sometimes if I'm with him, he's in the car, he's talking to himself. And I'm going, uh, hey, I'm right here. He goes, I know, I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud. I think he talks to himself because he's so alone that he wants to hear a human voice which is interesting, understandable, and sad at the same time. Which brings me to what happened at the supermarket the other day. I pulled in, and there was a shopping cart that somebody had just left. And it's, it's you know, not, it, it's over the uh, parking bumper, you know. Somebody just pushed it over there. And I went, oh, that really sucks that people do that. And I got out of the car, and I said, all right, I'm going to pull this thing and, and bring it up to the uh, supermarket. And I'm pulling it, and it's in some dirt. I, I'm going, all of a sudden, I start talking to myself. This is ridiculous. People suck. They really suck. And there's a guy with a window down in the car right next to me. And he is listening to me <laughs> not only talk to myself, but really give it to human beings uh, at large. And it's so embarrassing. He did. He could have said, yeah, but he didn't say anything. And it's just me talking to myself. And I now am monitoring myself that I don't do that. Am I alone? 
or do people do of, this more than or am I losing my mind? Is that it? No, am I losing my mind? People, a lot of people talk to themselves and they say that as long as you're not like being hateful to yourself, that it's a good thing. But I am sometimes. I used to do that in the golf course. I'd push one to the right. You know what? You really stink. Why are you even playing? Which does not help your golf game. You know what? See, here's, here's how you have to think about it. Yes, that man caught you talking to yourself. But instead of you feeling worried about what he thinks, you should have stared at him without blinking and let him think you're insane and dangerous. and give Let him take that with him for the rest of the day. Get the power back, Bob. Yeah, yeah. I don't want him to think I'm insane and dangerous. You know what I should have said? I should have said, did you not see the cart right here? Did you, what, are you listening to the radio or something? Could you not bring it up? No, no because not, then he'll beat good your face yeah. to a pulp. Yeah, I know, and I don't want that to happen. The, what you want, because you're small and peaceable and disinclined to violence, you want to seem dangerous and unpredictably crazy. So the next time you get caught talking to yourself, don't pick a fight. Yeah. Bug your eyes out real big and stare without blinking. And then start me, mumbling let, to yourself. I want to, you'll, I want you'll to talk to myself. Yeah. I want to talk to myself again. You realize that your friends think you're small and not dangerous. Do you understand that? Do you know what that means to be small and not dangerous? You're a wimp. I'm sorry, but wasn't that the truth? You're small and disinclined to violence. Don't call me small and undangerous. I don't want to see myself that way. No man does. That's why you bug your eyes out and don't blink, because then you seem wildly unpredictable. And and you can't judge a book by its cover. Someone will go, yeah, he looks like he's not really the violent kind, but look at the look Small on his face. Small and not dangerous, but with bug eyes. Yeah, yes. that's that's what I I always dreamt of becoming when I was a kid. Well, it's within reach. <laughs> More on right. the news is next. It's Bob and Sherry. Morons in the News is brought to you by Febreze Car. Breathe happy. Febreze Car. Let's go! Harvesting idiots from around the globe. You stupid moron. It's Morons in the News with Bob and Sherry. Well, an official at a Chicago area school district was arrested for stealing one and a half million dollars worth of chicken wings. The Associated Press reports that Vera Lydell, who is 66 years old, was held in the Cook County Jail on a $150,000 bond. Liddell was employed by the Harvey School District as the Food Service Director. Uh, it was reported that they showed 11,000 cases of chicken wings were ordered and picked up in a district cargo van during the height of the COVID epidemic. So the kids were at home. They should have canceled the chicken wings that were ordered. But uh, she was, Vera there, was the head of it. And she said, no, I'm going to still, I'm going to keep ordering those. And what she would do, she would pick up the chicken wings in some sort of vehicle and then resell them. When an audit was conducted, the district was $300,000 over its annual food service budget. So not only wow. did she steal food, she she bought and stole even more. So $1.5 million worth of chicken wings, that's going to do you some time in jail. I mean, she's going to be a felon for the rest of her life. And she's 66 years old. How do you figure you're going to get away with that? How do you figure you're not going to end up in morons in the news Stealing one and a half million dollars worth of chicken wings. 
You know, she got away with it long enough to think she was going to keep getting away with it. It's all she I did. It's all I can come up with. I know. Right? I know. Wow. And chicken wings. I chicken wings are so expensive now oh and have gosh. been since COVID. I know it. Like you I know can't it. Be stealing chicken wings. Yeah, Let's she knew what she was doing. Let's go to today's morn of the day. It all happened when a man named David Gay was driving to his first day at his new job. And his boss called and said, listen, don't even bother showing up. I just saw Sheriff Wayne Ivey's Wheel of Fugitive video for today. And you're in it. And, and David Gay said, wait, what? What are you talking about? It turns out that Brevard County Sheriff Wayne Ivey posts a weekly Wheel of Fugitive video on social. And unfortunately, David Gay was not a fugitive when his name and image appeared multiple times in the sheriff's posts. He lost his job. He says he suffered emotional distress and he is suing. He filed a lawsuit last week in state court in Brevard County. He wants more than $50,000 in damages. In the Wheel of Fugitive videos, Sheriff Ivy spins a wheel with photos of what are described as 10 of Brevard County's most wanted. Uh, the Associated Press said everybody watches it. Even the fugitives watch it. Meanwhile, David Gay. <laughs> That's a demo. <laughs> meanwhile, David Gay is unemployed and says his life is being ruined by what the sheriff is doing. And also he says it's unseemly for law enforcement to act this way. But of course, we live in a new era now where everybody wants likes, clicks, and followers, including the sheriff, apparently. It's, it's true. It's so true. We will... We'll post up this story and Sheriff Ivy's Wheel of Fugitives up on the uh, Bob and Sherry Facebook. And if you're trying to get a mental picture of what does Sheriff Wayne Ivy of Brevard County look like? I have an idea. It's exactly what you're picturing. He looks exactly from his buzz cut to his glasses to all of the badges and medals on his uniform. He looks like the Sheriff of Brevard County, Florida. That is Morons in the News. We're going to take you down the rabbit hole in a minute with Southwest Airlines. We have a hilarious comedian from the UK, Jamali Maddox, coming on. Plus, I saw a picture that just cracked me up, and I wonder if some of our listeners have been through this as a kid with their birthday parties. And that's going to be straight ahead right here. This is Bob and Sherry. Perhaps you or someone you know has suffered job loss or economic challenges. Bob and Sherry would like to help by filling the fridge of families with a $100 Visa gift card and a $112 gift card from our friends at HelloFresh. To nominate a family or yourself, simply go to the Bob and Sherry website and hit the contest tab, and we will anonymously read the winning entries on the air. And thank you for helping to fill the fridge with the Bob and Sherry Show. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. You know, we live in a crazy world, don't we? Movie stars who want to be cannibals, all sorts of just nutty things uh, happen. But I think in some ways things are better now than they were in our grandparents' era. I am looking at a photograph that was posted by someone who identifies themselves as, I'm just heavily medicated. And the picture is, well, I'll read what they put. Ah, the 70s. When a kid could blow out their birthday candles over the top of a filled ashtray, a foot away from an open beer, while someone held a lit cigar next to their face. It is, you know how a Polaroid uh, picture just has a certain kind of cheap look? 
Like yeah. it's not that it's not it's it's one of those pictures, and it's a little boy, and his head barely comes up to the table, and there's the birthday cake. The cigarette ashtray is right in front of the birthday cake, and the guy's cigar. It's one of those little cigarillo cigars. You don't see the adults; you just see their bodies. You don't see their faces. And there's there's beer cans, and the kid is in between, and he's about to blow out his birthday cake with a big ashtray of butts and ashes right in front of it. So you know some of that's going on the cake. I've seen people online since COVID about kids and birthday cakes. They would rather the two-year-old smoked a cigar than blew out the candles on a piece of cake they're about to eat. Because of the That's germs. true. Yeah, that's very Your true. Your kid, your kid, have a Swisher Sweets. Just don't get near the frost. <laughs> I know. But the, the shot, it was so normal back then. You know? All right, yeah, we're here at his birthday. How you doing? How you doing? Yeah, go ahead. Blow it out. Blow harder. And it's just cigarettes, cigars, and beer. At <laughs> this kid's birthday. Happy days. birthday, Johnny. It's Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. Hey, if money is a little tight because you spent so much over the holidays and everything, we're going to help you out. We're going to fill your fridge. We're not just going to fill your fridge. We're going to fill it with delicious food. That's right. A $112 gift card from HelloFresh. Plus, we're going to kick in a $100 card from Visa. To make it even better. So how do you win this? It's easy. Just go to BobandSherry.com. That's BobandSherry.com. And good luck. Hope you win. Bob and Sherry, go. I finally got around to watching SNL. I DVR'd it. And they had this hilarious fake commercial for Southwest Airlines. At Southwest Airlines, we pride ourselves on a smooth flying experience. But over the holiday season, we messed up. Our system collapsed and thousands of flyers were left stranded. And you understandably screamed at us for days on end, even more than you usually do. Insurer, we lost $800 million in revenue and are being investigated by the FAA, which is why this year we are dedicated to making things right with the better, more modern Southwest experience. For starters, we are finally upgrading our entire communication system to 2008 Dell computers. That's right. We're saying bye-bye to those 2002 IBM ThinkPad laptops with a little red nipple in the middle. Also, no more missing baggage at baggage claim. Guaranteed. From here on out, all luggage will be sorted by color. That makes it your responsibility, not ours. So if you're going to Dallas, bring a red suitcase. Don't show up with a blue bag. Blue bags go to Charlotte. And make sure to get to the airport early to enjoy our new Southwest Premier Lounge, located inside an active Starbucks. We just get there early and hold down two or three tables for y'all. Southwest is also modernizing our entire air traffic control network. No more pen and paper. Our air traffic specialists will now be using our old IBM ThinkPad laptops with a little red nipple in the middle. Now I get a proper flight schedule instead of finding out where I'm going 15 minutes before takeoff. And now we're streamlining check-in, but not having one at all. We're just trying to fill up the plane and go. You showed your ticket at security, right? You're good. We're also upgrading our in-flight staff strictly with people who used to work at Waffle House. So come at them if you want. But these big bitches don't play. Here at Southwest, mistakes were made. And that's on us. Mostly. Some of us on you. Hey, man, let's keep it real. You bought the ticket. 
Again, you bought a Southwest ticket. You obviously don't respect yourself, so why should we? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for flying Southwest. Southwest. Welcome aboard. Southwest Airlines. If it's that important to you, just walk. That's pretty good. I feel we'll sorry for up. some of the folks who work there, though. I mean, they, they have feel pride sorry for in all their of work. Them. I know. Shut up. I feel sorry for all of them. It was not one of their faults that this happened. I know. know. But I also feel sorry for all of the people that slept on the floor of the airport for days on end. For sure. That's right. All right. We're going to post this up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook. Straight ahead on the Bob and Sherry show, I read the most interesting thing about a guy who is famous for designing those amazing cars out of the 1950s and the early 1960s. You know the ones with the fins and all? This guy was evidently one of the coolest guys ever. And that's straight ahead. It's Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. I don't know what it is about me, but there are a couple of magazines that I will stop and I don't buy them. But I'm just going to be honest. If I'm in the supermarket and you orbit the magazine area, I will stop and look through them. One of them is log cabin houses. I have never had a log cabin house. I will never have a log cabin house. But there is something about a log cabin house. If I see a magazine that's all about that, I have to look. And I, I'm sitting there, you know, standing there actually by myself and going, oh, I wouldn't want that one. That's too many windows to clean. Oh, oh look at this. Oh, yes. I would have a different type of log cap. You know, and, and I'm looking at it and I put it back. The other magazine, it was around when I was uh, 10, 11, 12 years old. And I used to buy it back then. Hot Rod Magazine. Is that there still was just, around? It's still around. Is it? I know. Yes. It's the same magazine. And it, it, they have the same articles. So some of the, some of the uh, cars in there are like these uh, street rods, like a 32 Ford with the fenders taken off. And it, you can see the engine, you, you, like in Greece. But some of them are these, these cars that you've seen every once in a while at a car show. They were all in the 1950s and early 1960s. And they have these big fins on the back. Today, you know, sedans today, they're every, every sedan looks very smooth aerodynamic so it gets better gas mileage but way back then gas was 24 cents a gallon so who cared and 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 these cars coming out of general motors were big and heavy and loaded with chrome on the bumpers and on the side for flash and these big uh fins especially the 59 cadillac with these giant fins with two bulbs and the uh, and the '59 uh, Chevrolet with big fins like a, like a spaceship and cat eyes for taillights. So I'm standing, I'm looking at these magazines every once in a while, once a month when they come out and go, look at this one, look how this guy restored that. That must have been cool. So I'm reading this book uh, called The '50s, and it's by David Halberstam, who passed away a few years ago. And he details different things that happened in the early 1950s where, uh, you know, most people listening right now weren't even born back then. Like, how did the atomic bomb get developed? Uh, How did discount department stores get started? How did McDonald's become what it is today? And how did General Motors become the biggest car company in the world? So I'm reading this and, you know, it's kind of interesting. And then I come upon a name. This guy's name is uh, Harley Earl. 
and he was the General Motors head of design. And they're, they're trying to get ahead of Ford, and they're trying to get ahead of Chrysler, and they can't do it. And he decides, we're just going to design cars that look really sexy, that look like they're moving when they're standing still. We're going to design cars that just look eye-appealing, like nothing else that's on the market. And he had his designers put these fins and these uh, these these uh, hood ornaments and and all of this stuff to make it look flashy. And when he would present a new uh, car to the suits at uh, General Motors, he would have it on a platform. And when he wiped, and so the platform is raised, and the they can't see inside it; they can just sort of see the car, and they go, oh, "All right, well, that's interesting." He'd wipe his brow with his handkerchief and somebody would hit a button and the car would go down to the floor. And all of a sudden it looked amazing and sleek and really irresistible to the eye. He, he was a designer that understood how people reacted. He had his own style himself. Instead of a uh, gray or a blue suit, he'd come in with like a camel colored suit would get this blue suede shoes. Blue suede shoes. He he was wearing Elvis Presley style blue suede shoes to do a presentation in a board. Room. He was, that's he was that's cool how cool <laughs> he was. Really a cool cool cat, and he was criticized because he people said that's unnecessary. It's actually kind of ugly. This is so over. The, but he knew America back then, and back then Americans twenty four cents a gallon, and the highways were just opening up. Dwight Eisenhower, as president, said, build some interstate highways for the first time you could drive across the country. And Americans wanted to drive across the country or across town in a car that looked like a rocket ship. And it stuck around probably for about six or eight years, and then it went out of style. But that guy was the guy who was responsible for jumping over all the other car companies because of these flashy cars. A guy by the name of Harley Earl. And I think he passed away uh, in the 1960s. But there's never been another designer like him. We, we have great designs on cars today, but nobody changed the automobile industry like this guy. I can't remember the man's name, but there's an industrial product designer who has single-handedly kind of shaped the way that we've all lived for the last 25 years every once uh-huh. in a while one of these people shows up on the scene and you you almost no one never knows their name but right, they're responsible right. for the way things look and feel and everybody copies them mm-hmm. like they'll create something amazing this guy's name it starts with a k but they'll, they'll create something amazing and then suddenly seemingly overnight everything in in target looks like that or right, everything on right. amazon looks like that and i think this Harley Earl was that guy for the car business, right? Yeah. And and then it was all gone because people suddenly realized this is too much. This is ostentatious. It's it's uh, they used to call them gook wagons because it was loaded with chrome um, and, and it went away. And as the years went on, it got sleeker and sleeker and sleeker. And now we have cars that, you know, are very smooth in order to get great gas mileage because gas is not 24 cents a gallon anymore. Anyway, the name of the book is The uh, the 50s. It's been around for years, 
I finally got around to reading it, and it, it's filled with characters like that. It's Bob and Sherry. Everyone Needs a Laugh is brought to you by Mr. Clean Magic Eraser. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. It's time for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comedian Jamali Maddox. Yo! What's going on? What's good? How's everyone doing? Hey, yes, nice to be here. I am from England, and I know I'm not the guy off the brochure, but I am <laughs> from England. It's weird, because the thing is, like, when you look like this, because nobody knows where I'm from. <laughs> like, everywhere I go, they think I'm from somewhere else. Like, genuinely, everywhere I go. Like, in England, they think I'm from Pakistan. I went Israel, and they thought I was from Palestine. <laughs> Here, they think I'm from Arabia. I realized that I look like every race that every country hates. Like, just universally, <laughs> those guys. <laughs> Thank you for that one clap. I appreciate that one clap. <laughs> I'm 31 now. 31, which is trash. Hate being 31. I realize, I realize that I've become irrelevant. I realize I'm just irrelevant now. I'm at that weird stage of irrelevancy. Like, I know what TikTok is, but I don't know why. Like, I'm there. <laughs> right? <laughs> Thank you. The videos are too quick. Like, I've just opened my eyes and the video's done. Like, I want to see more video. I know I'm irrelevant. I, just when I really knew I was irrelevant, it happened like six months ago. I was in London and I got into a fist fight with another 30 year old man. And halfway through the fight, we both just looked at each other and went, should we have a break? It's like, at that point, I knew I was done. I realized a lot about that. I realized I'm soft. Realized about myself, I realized I'm soft. I really thought I was a survivor. I am not a survivor. I am not built for this life, I'm telling you. I realized this is I was in LA. I was in LA and I was downtown LA. I was getting an Uber and I'm sitting in my Uber. I get out the Uber and I left my phone in the Uber and I tried to chase the Uber, but I'm not as fast as a car. <laughs> and it's gone. And then once I realized that I have my no phone and I have nothing and my phone is everything. It's everything. It's my communication. It's my money. It's everything. And there was at no point did I think about surviving? I didn't go, man, I better learn how to read a bus, have a conversation. I literally looked up, looked to the side and went, well, I live here now. That is it. I live here now. And I saw a bunch of homeless people and I was like, they're not even homeless people. They're just people that have left their phones in Ubers. And now they live here now. Trying to sort out my life, trying to get better. I started getting therapy. That's my new stuff now, I go therapy. The best way to explain therapy is each week I go and I hear the most juiciest gossip, but it's all about me. Like, it's just all stuff I've done. I'm like, what, his dad said what? Oh yeah, that was my dad, my dad said that. <laughs> gotta fire my therapist. I gotta fire him because he has too much fun. <laughs> He'd be giggling. And stuff. I'll be like, yeah, I think the session's about to end. He goes, yeah, yeah, but what happened with that girl? What? <laughs> I'm like, well, you might find out next week. <laughs> Leave him on a cliffhanger. I don't know if this is funny, but I like saying it. My therapist said to me that, like, I've, <laughs> I've got to do stuff that makes me feel more safe and secure. 
so I just bought a samurai sword. <laughs> that was my answer. I was just there like, go away feelings. <laughs> Therapist says that I like chaos too much. I think that's true. Like, I like chaos. And I realized that from a young age, because I remember one time, when I was 16, I got hit with a brick. Right, okay, it sounds worse. All right, basically, I'm hanging out with my friend Jay, and my friend Jay says to me, goes, he goes, yo, Jamali, we're going to go burgle a house. And I said, bruv, I ain't burgling no house. And he goes, what are you, a coward? So I burgled a house, because I ain't no coward. <laughs> so me and Jay go burgle his house. Now, we didn't know somebody was home, so we, like, we burgling. And it's one of them houses that's so posh that it's dusty. Like, we're just taking books and stuff. And then we see this old man at the top of the stairs. And I'm thinking, oh, crap. What are we going to do about this old man? So we hide. About four or five minutes later, this old guy finds us, and he starts beating me with a brick. Right? <laughs> My friend Jay runs away because uh, he's a good friend. Um, he's in prison now. <laughs> anyway, right, so... Again, getting hit with a brick and I'm bleeding, and I run out of the house, and the last thing I heard the guy say, he shouts up to his wife, and he goes, you see that, you see that, Margaret? You said I was paranoid sleeping with a brick. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much. Wow. He's a funny guy. It's Jamali Maddox, and we'll post that set up at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. Welcome to Love Month, everybody. This is Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, live, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. You know, no matter where you go, you realize that businesses are understaffed very often. It could be a body shop. It could be a fast food restaurant. It could be your favorite pizza place. You're still saying signs that people uh, are looking for you know, workers to work for them because so many people have said, I won't do this anymore. I'm going to go get a better job. I'm going to open my own business, whatever. It's still going on right now. And I was really interested in this article that I read just the other day about what 2,000 people said is the perfect job. Here is a description of the perfect job for a lot of the country right now. The perfect job is a four-day, 24-hour work week with a salary of at least $61,000 a year, free fruit, and a boss who, at the end of the day or the end of the week, likes to have a drink with you. Other requirements, regular reviews, pay raises, being allowed to work in jeans, flexible working hours, and a really nice pension. This job would be about a 12-minute walk from home. It would provide a pleasant view from the office window and offer 32 days of vacation a year. Benefits such as discounts at local gyms or sports clubs are also a must. Um, I, I don't I don't know what mushrooms there are. Uh, I don't know what I understand this is what they what people want, but that does not exist. I don't know anybody with that kind of a gig, do you? I mean we have a great gig. We can we can work in jeans, we can work in pajamas for crying out loud. Uh, we don't have free food, but we can get fruit right behind us in the kitchen here. But the rest of that, it just seems like so pie in the sky. 
even with the power that workers have today. What do you think? I think that um, those jobs did exist at Google, but even Google is laying people off. Even Facebook is laying people off. They're using AI now. Yeah. Google laid off, what, 5,000 people the other day? Mm -hmm. Something like that. Yeah, that's exactly right. It it sure sounds nice, though. Four days a week, 24 hours, and 61K a year. It's Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, live. Live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. T is for talkback, and it's also for telephone. You can call us that way at 844-52-SHERRY. That's 844-52-SHERRI. Or if you have our app, which is free in Google Play in the App Store, um, there's a little microphone in the bottom center of the screen. You can tap it and talk, and the app will do the rest. But wait, before we jump to that, We've had a lot of people with iPhone problems with the Bob and Sherry app. And it's not the app, it's the iPhone. Heather knows how to fix that. If you go to bobandsherry.com and click on FAQs, um, she'll show you the steps to make the app stop crashing if you're an iPhone user. It has to do with the last software update. Anywho, here we go. Hey, Bob and Sherry, it's Brian from Indiana. Bob, I was listening to you and Lamar discussing Netflix and some of the issues with it. And... I want to, I have an issue with Netflix, and I don't know if anybody else has an issue or not, but it drives me up the cotton-picking wall. My wife will pick a, a, a good movie or, or series to watch on Netflix, and all of a sudden I'm watching it, and their freaking lips did not match the words. <laughs> I can't watch that. They're out of their heaven, love, and mind. How can you watch something where their lips don't match the words? I don't understand why there's so many things in America that are over, have overseas <laughs> languages and stuff. It's just nerve-wracking. But has anybody else said this or talked about it, or am I just the only insane one on the planet? Love the show. Talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs> you are not no, you're alone. Not. You are not. You no, are not I, alone. I've experienced that, and not just with Netflix. I mean, sometimes it's just the provider. There's just some glitch. It's just and, this is 2023, and TV yeah. shouldn't look like an Ultraman episode from whenever that was out on, you know, with the lips all out of sync. Max, Brian, I've got great news for you and for everybody that struggles with this. Max did his homework, and we're going to post on the Bob and Sherry Facebook um, how you can force Netflix to sync the the picture and the sound back up. And there's You're a couple kidding. of steps you can. No, there's a couple of steps you can take. And Max found it for you, and we're going to put all of that on at bobandsherry.com. Do you know what I saw? I saw, I think it was a TikTok video, but it was a guy who was basically saying, how come up until now we could watch TV without having to put the subtitles on? Why can't I hear anything anybody's saying? And don't tell me it's because I'm old. And so this guy reached out to a Hollywood sound editor who said, Oh, yeah, you're not imagining that. And it has nothing to do with your hearing or you being old. The reason why we, like, you'll be watching a show and the character will be like, like, what? Wait, what? Mm-hmm. Like, I have to turn the subtitles on all the time. And every time I do, my husband's like, I keep telling you and your partner about your headphones. It is not my headphones. I cannot understand what this person's saying. And you can't understand what they're saying either because you're asleep. See, neither one of us know what the dialogue is. Are you ready for the answer? Back in the olden times, which is not very long ago, like 10 years ago, when they were shooting dialogue for TV and movies, they would mic them using like big, big major microphones. And then they would do what's called looping dialogue where they would go back in and post-production and they would fix it so it sounded cozy and intimate. 
So two characters cuddled up together, whispering to each other. It, it wasn't initially recorded that way. They fixed mm-hmm. it in editing. But now they put all of these hidden wireless lavalier mics on actors. Yeah. Because yeah. They, they say that they get more natural performances if they're not standing over actors with a giant shotgun mic on a pole. That makes sense. Makes sense. But those lavalier mics don't have the same audio fidelity as those big mics, those big shotgun boom mics. Right. Because so lav mics, mics have been around forever. They've been around since yeah. the 50s. But even the even the new generation of them, you don't have mm-hmm. the clarity. And no matter what wow. they do, they can only boost it so much. And that's why we all need to put our subtitles on. Isn't that interesting to know? You know, I thought it was the TV. Uh, Mary and I have uh, a TV that did not have good sound. And she went out and bought a sound bar. What a difference. I have a sound bar because I thought the same thing. And, it's, and it didn't make that much of a difference because it really did for us. Um, it really didn't for me. It depends on the show. Like there are some uh, shows yeah, where it's yeah. no problem at all. And then there are other shows where the two characters are like, and anyway, I was just skinned him alive and ate his entrails. What? Wait, what? I can't tell you how many times I've had to go back, back, back to listen to it again. So that's why it's Doc, not your imagination. Doc, did you have something that you wanted to say about this? Doc. Oh, no, sorry. I had accidentally inter- interrupted. We were oh, we're oh, in the okay. promotion. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> No problem. Oh, Doc's got a sound bar. I thought, oh, he wanted to say something, and I wanted to make sure that he got, he got in there. Oh, well. This is a tight ship we run here. The, the military studies us for how they, too, can tighten up their game. They're like, what are Bob and Sherry doing technically? Let's get some of that. So there you well, go. That's, that's good. That's good. And uh, Once again, we'll get that posted up yeah. so that you can get your Netflix in sync. And right. now you know you're not going crazy if you need to keep turning your subtitles on. You know, and even if I get ahead, my net, net, even if I get my Netflix in sync, I still will not understand the plot of Three Pines, which I've been trying to get through. I, I, I still cannot follow that. It's harder to follow that than it is a Grisham novel. I swear to God. I've got a talk it's back bo- about this that we can play at some point along the line. Oh, let's Somebody, do it next. Somebody's right? asking some questions about you yeah, and Three let's Pines. Let's do that next. Okay. Okay. It's Bob and Sherry. The Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Sherry app. Hey, if you're having um, difficulty with your grocery bills, man, we get it. The chances are good you know a family in your town, your church, your neighborhood that's really struggling, that could use a little bit of help filling the fridge. I read an article in my newsfeed yesterday that described grocery store prices as meteoric. That's a big word. You're talking about like cereal and milk, but it's true. It's insane. Go to bobandsherry.com, nominate a family that needs a little bit of help filling the fridge. We're going to keep all the names anonymous. We've got some prizes for you, starting with a $112 gift card from HelloFresh. They are such great partners. And a $100 Visa gift card. Take a dent out of that grocery bill for at least a week, right? Let us help a family in need fill the fridge. Tell us who that family is. Let's get them hooked up at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. If you have something going on in your life and you'd like to be on the Bob and Sherry Show, we'd love to have you. You can call 844-52-SHERRY, S-H-E-R-I, or you can go to wherever you get your apps. Get the Bob and Sherry app at bobandsherry.com and uh, hit the little mic, and this is what happens. Good morning, Bob, Sherry, Max, and Doc. This is Joan calling from Sonoma County, California. Bob, this message is for you. 
Surprise, surprise. Um, I am calling because you seem to be rather obsessed with Three Pines, and I can't really tell if you like it or if you don't like it. Um, so I wanted to tell you that I um, that is based on a book or a series by Louise Penny, the Chief Inspector Gamache series, which are phenomenal. So as somebody who's a fan and has read like all 18 of her books, I'm really excited about the series. And I'm looking at it closely as somebody who's read all the books and want to make sure they get all the details. So they are doing a pretty good job of that, I have to say. But if you are a reader, I would highly recommend reading the Louise Penny books. And you can start in order, even though they are standalone. Um, but they're just amazing. They have art and poetry and French, and they're just a beautiful book series. So anyway, uh, enjoy you guys and listen to you on the podcast because unfortunately we don't have you on the radio anywhere I can get you. Um, have a great day. Thanks, you guys. I can't, I can't read 18 books and then watch <laughs> Netflix. I'm just going to be honest. I know that makes me sound ignorant. I just it's know too me, much. okay? It's too and, much. Uh, yeah. It's too much. Don't you think it would be helpful, Bob, for Netflix to like announce before they make you watch a series like that? There should be like a full screen title card that reads, attention, have you read all 18 books? They should do you that. Should, you might yeah. be a little lost yeah. otherwise. You know, I don't think throughout my middle school career... I read 18 books. I can't do it for Netflix. I can't. And, and some guy, uh, a French-Canadian guy, uh, contacted the show and said, what is the matter with him? Um, you know, this is a very interesting an, yeah. series. Most of us can understand what's going on. What did the email say? I got an email. Well, I got a couple emails, but my favorite was the one that said, listen, clearly Bob is struggling with three pints. It is not for him. It is a French-Canadian police story, and he – which I don't even, I haven't watched it. So I don't even know what it's about. I only know about it from you. And if he can't understand it, he needs to stop. So the rest of us can enjoy it. <laughs> and I was like, God, that's harsh. I mean, you know, he's the man, the man didn't know that there was a, a prerequisite course he was supposed to take before watching it. He, well, I, I apologize know. for killing the joy. Uh, usually I save that for wives, but uh, I apologize for killing the joy for, for those people, you know, and <sighs> Maybe it's the time of day that I'm watching it, you know, later at night. I'm tired and, you know, I should just go to bed. Maybe what I should do is read the 18 books and then watch uh, Three <laughs> Pines uh, on Saturdays at 8 o'clock in the morning. You know, maybe, you maybe that's to, the way to do it. You have to be in the headspace. I made Kevin watch a TV show with Gillian Anderson from X-Files, Scully. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, a, it, was a, it was maybe an Irish police show and it was she was a police inspector and jamie dornan from 50 shades of gray was the murderer and i can't remember the name of it right off the top of my head it was so good it was mm -hmm. so dark it was so dense it was so slowly paced it was so the screen was so dark everything about it was dark the two of us ended up sitting in front of the tv with our noses an inch from the screen and we after the first episode we looked at each other and we're like if we're going to stick with this uh, we have to start early and we can have no alcohol of any kind. <laughs> we, ha we have yeah. to have no yeah. carbs because that'll make you sleepy. Like we had to eat lean protein 
and hydrate and then sit right on top of the TV to I be think able you're to right. follow I think it. you're right because I, I would have a glass or two of wine and watch it. I think that's not helping you know. also. So I need to not eat, not drink, and read 18 books and just, I think, need, start yeah. all over again with Three Pines. You need to treat Three Pines the way you should treat the SAT. You should get a good night's rest. You have a nice protein breakfast. You bring your pencils and that's you what commit. I'm do. You focus. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Are you Sounds prepared relaxing. to be a better man? Say it I now. Say, I'm going to be a better man. I'm going to be a better man and watch a drama that's very slow paced about a French police officer in the middle of the winter investigating murders in Canada. That's what I'm there you go. going to do. Yeah. yeah. Now you're committing. Yeah. Yeah. Straight ahead. Welcome to Love Month. And if you're alone, no problem, because we have the plan for how to date yourself. Before you can love anybody else, you got to love you. And here's the strategy. It's next. It's Bob and Sherry. Can you believe this? It's brought to you by State Farm. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Sherry's. I believe this. I cannot believe this. Today is February 1st. Happy Love Month. And if you are um, not in a relationship and you find exa- you find February and Valentine's Day exhausting because it's all like yeah, 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 romance, yeah, 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 couples, uh, true love. Um, I've got great news because today is your day. Today is the day that we're going to talk about how to have the ultimate happy relationship with yourself. And there's even like a famous song. I don't know what this is called, but, but listen I've to never this. been listen. to me. There you go. Listen You're to this. a discontented mother and a rich invented wife. I've no doubt you dream about the things you never do. Yeah, she was yeah. A, she was a call girl, is what she was. Is that what this is about? That's what this is about. And so she's Are you said, kidding me? No, that's what this is about. And so she's just listen to Paradise, but I've never been to me. 
You know, let, let me just say, um, I've been to me, and I asked for a better room. <laughs> I've been to me, and I just, I gave it a review on Yelp and was like, I don't know, four out of yeah. ten, don't really recommend. Yeah. Um, all right, here are the steps to have a great relationship with yourself. You don't, not only do you not need another person to complete you, but if you if you are unhappy inside yourself, no other person can fix that, right? Isn't that true? Mm-hmm. Yes. That we other people can't fix us. We can only fix ourselves. Number one, right. every single day, do one thing, however small, that makes you happy. Do one. Make yourself a priority. Number two, get you a hobby if you don't already have one. Number three, you haven't been out on a date in a while? How about you take yourself out on a date? Give yourself the thing that you want other people to give you. Like the Miley Cyrus song, Flowers. You want to go for a walk on the beach? Walk on the beach. Buy your own flowers. Don't wait for someone else to give you what it is your heart wants. Get it to yourself. Laugh every single day. And if if you are in a life where there's not a lot of laughing, you need to get you on some YouTube and find some puppy videos or some kids doing silly things. You need to laugh. Or the Bob and Sherry show. Bob and Sherry show. We get that all the time. Yeah, you know, I'm there going, you go. I'm going through difficult times. I put on your show and I, uh, I get a good laugh. Number five, spend time with like-minded people. People have similar interests to you. People that, you know, are looking at life the same way you are. Because that's more likely to get you where you want to be than hoping that some random stranger that you swipe on a dating app is going to be that person. This right. next one. Go outside and go for a walk. It does great things for your brain chemistry. Mm -hmm. Um, Number seven, and here's where we're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna lose a lot of people because we all know we should sit down and write a weekly gratitude list. But how many of us do it? When was the last time you sat down and wrote something you were grateful for? Well, I mean, I thank God every day for little things. Okay, that wasn't things. the question. Well, it kind of is. I don't have a grat. I've never had a gratitude list. I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm not that guy. I'm. I'm. I, I mean, I've been to me, but I've not been to a pad and a pen and wrote a gratitude. Well, list. Um, you've been to you, but it sounds like you've not been to Staples, and that's something for you to think about. Yeah, okay. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Max. <laughs> I thought my line that I've been to me and then I asked for a better room. I thought I thought that was one of the solid, better things solid. I've come up with recently. I got I got nothing for it. Tell you what, when you get you a pen and a piece of paper, you can write down how grateful I'm you are. I'm going to write that down. With that yeah. line. Yeah. You, you, got you, didn't get... you made people laugh. Maybe not us, but you made other people laugh. Oh, maybe not us. <laughs> well, you're the, excuse, Oh, I, that's right. I have to now I have to I have to have like the the uh Grown-up version of an imaginary friend. <laughs> you could do worse. You could do worse. Uh, my, listen to you, all of you in your cars or wherever you are. You are my imaginary friends. Yes, and I love you, and I need you. Oh, Max, this one's this one's going to be really hard for you. This is the final step in having a great relationship with yourself. You have to, every single day, say positive things to yourself. That'll never work. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You're supposed to say, repeat after me, Max. Say, I love who I am. I love who I am. I deserve happiness. I deserve 
happiness. I am a desirable human. I am a desirable human being. All right, okay. well, skip getting undressed by kings, everybody, and just go right over right. to the Bob and Sherry Facebook for the steps on how to have a great relationship with yourself. Happy Love Month. It's Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to bobandsherry.com. So I have for you right now three little cute things that uh, kind of say this is what it's like to be a, a real adult. The first one is it's a meme of a very attractive brunette woman in a nurse's dress looking straight at you. And it says, how to keep your husband satisfied. Dress like a nurse. Dress like a nurse so he can live the ultimate fantasy of pretending he has health care. <laughs> I, like, I like that a lot. Um, along the same lines, before marriage, send me a sexy sexy picture of yourself after marriage send me a picture of that hemorrhoid cream you want me to buy <laughs> it just it just it changes a little bit you know I, about once a week I go to the store and she has to send me a picture of some iced tea or whatever it is because I can't remember it between the house and the store it's terrible and finally here there's a bar I think it's in Macon Georgia it's called Mr. C's and the bar sign outside has some perspective it says someone is going through the same stuff as you but with six kids and a new cold sore that is so true that is so true you know when you're going through it why don't you step back and say all right you know the cat is uh getting me up at four o'clock in the morning and i gotta work an extra day and everything but somebody has six kids and they're all under the age of 12, and I got a cold sore. You know, there's always somebody that's doing something or, or going through something worse than you are. So there you are, a little inspiration for adults this morning. It's Bob and Sherry. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. Yesterday on the show, we were talking about Valentine's Day, and, and uh, Deatri called in. She said they had reservations at Waffle House. Now, let's explain to people in certain parts of the country it's a, that it's a don't have one. Hour, it's a very small 24-hour diner that yeah. serves bre- It serves stuff yeah. besides breakfast, yeah. but it's famous for serving breakfast and their, their hash browns, which can be sm- scattered, smothered, covered, chunked, and a few other things. And it's not everywhere, but it's on the side of the road in a lot in a lot of interstates, yeah. different parts of the country. You get and a pork chop there; it's pretty good. It's fantastic, and yeah. people go there a lot. Waffle House can get really busy in the middle of the night after the bars close, right. so there's often some exciting morons in the news type stuff. <laughs> yeah, I know. That happens, but not to Diatri because she had reservations for a romantic Valentine's Day dinner at Waffle House. Good morning, Diatri. How did it go? Good morning. It went well. It was very nice, actually. Now we, we saw we saw a picture. Uh huh. We saw a picture, and they had a nice red tablecloth, huh? Yeah, linen and um, napkin, uh, linen napkins, and they didn't have roses on the table, but they had, you know, if you get a bouquet, the filler flowers, the baby's yeah. breath, yeah. Yeah, yeah, in a mason jar. So was there a special Valentine's Day menu at the Waffle House? 
Um, they did prepare a menu um, that's different than the regular greasy plastic covered menus. Like yeah, like the. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you weren't having She's scrambled right. eggs and Burt's chili, okay? No, no. But um, at the bottom of the menu, they said regular menu available. So, what did you get? What did you have for Valentine's Day at the Waffle House? I had scrambled eggs with cheese, um, hash brown, bacon, yeah. and waffles. Nice. And the waffle was pink. Oh, the a waffle pink was waffle. pink. Oh, very nice. Did your husband enjoy <laughs> yeah. it? He, yeah, he had T-bone steak, and you know, he said it was like, you know, it's what he would expect from Waffle House. Yeah. But we all fi- finished our meal. I didn't finish my waffle because I got full, but. It was, I'm looking at a, a picture of the yeah. two of you. You look so happy, and the and the Waffle House person in the background is wearing a special pink hat. Was it crowded? Yeah, Were yeah. there lots of other people there? Yes, yes. There, uh, the couple behind us, the husband surprised her because um, she saw it um, at a nearby Waffle House mm-hmm. where they live, and she didn't expect him to actually take her there. Yeah. And he was, she was so excited. Yeah. How long had the cook and been out of prison? I'm sorry? No, that's all right. Oh, that's, no, I, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm you know, sorry. I I bet this was fun, and I bet it was way more fun than if you'd been at a super expensive, fancy restaurant. Because You're right. Because there was some silliness involved. Yeah, some yeah. Playfulness. I'd like to know. Yes. Um, it was fast. Um, you know, it's very casual. We didn't I mean, there's no formality to it, and we were happy with the food. We know what to expect. You're so... And actually, uh, you mentioned more on the news for Waffle House. When I pulled up, there was an ambulance sitting in front of it with the lights on, and I thought, oh, me. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that just adds to the ambiance. Oh, dear. Doesn't it? Yeah. Dutcher, you're so... Don't, don't order what he had. <laughs> I'm looking at your picture, and you're so pretty, and you have such a happy smile in this picture. How long have you been married? Uh, we're not married, but we have been together. I don't know. We I never really keep count. Um, we I don't. I think do it's better that way. Things like that. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, it's... Yeah. It's long. Yeah. It's long. You both look very just, happy just together. Deatri, thank you so much for being a listener, and we're so glad you had a wonderful Valentine's at the Waffle House. Oh, I sure did. Thank you so much. You okay. Fun. Take care. Have you ever known anyone who uh, kind of like didn't know how long they've been with no, you? No, Deatri's the first. She's the first. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That'd be like checking. saying to someone, oh, how old is your daughter? I don't know. You don't know. Yeah. <laughs> You've had her for a while. A okay. guy might not know, but a woman always knows. They always seem to know. You know, she's just really chill. That's all. She's, she's focused on more yeah. important things. That's exactly right. True. Weird. Stop. One of the world's most famous tourist attractions has a very dark past. Every artist and entrepreneur has to start somewhere. Why not with a basket of freshly guillotined heads? True. Weird. Stop. New episodes drop every Friday, everywhere you get your podcasts. And now available on the free Bob and Sherry app. <laughs> 
Bob and Sherry Books, Swag, and the mother of all mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. I was thinking uh, not too long ago about who are the singers who best represent over the course of many, many years uh, the sound of America, voices that just sound like America. And I'm, I'm going to pick my three. And I think other people would have uh, voices that are more contemporary. But my three representing the sound of America would be uh, Aretha Franklin, Willie Nelson, and Ray Charles. And Willie Nelson is going to have a very big year for himself this year. He has a brand new album out. And I asked Max to get just a little clip of one of the cuts and the one he chose is perfect because it's Willie and he's actually singing a Ray Charles song. My bills are all due and the baby needs shoes and I'm busted. Clocking this down to a quarter a pound and I'm busted. I got a cow that went dry and a hen that won't lay. A big stack of bills that gets bigger each day And the county is gonna haul my belongings away Cause I busted That's a big trust many, many, many years ago And uh, if, that, if that ain't the voice of the USA, I don't know what is And I mentioned that he's gonna have a big year He's going on the road starting in February Listen to where Willie Nelson is gonna be And where he ends up in the spring in February, he starts out in St. Augustine at the Amphitheater, and then he goes to Pompano Beach, Florida. He goes to Strawberry Festival in Florida, Plant City. He goes to Tallahassee. Hello there, Tallahassee. We love you. And then he goes uh, to a place in Texas I'm not familiar with. And then with, with ZZ Top, by the way, he's playing with ZZ Top, the two guys who remain with ZZ Top. And then he ends up at the Hollywood Bowl on April 29th and April 30th. So it's a Saturday and a Sunday. Willie Nelson is going to fill the Hollywood Bowl for his 90th birthday. I'm not a bit surprised. And every one of those shows will sell out. Every single one. They will. But I mean... um, his, first of all, selling out the Hollywood Bowl for a performer uh, at any age is quite a remarkable thing to do. To just show up and play at Joe's Crab Shack at the age of 90 is pretty amazing. To fill the Hollywood Bowl at the age of 90 is astounding. And you just heard his voice, and it sounds exactly the way it did 30, 40, 50 years ago. He, I mean, he I really... Want- you talk about one He's of a, a kind. He is told he yeah. is a treasure. You're exactly I would, right. I have a hard time narrowing just that list of like who sounds like America down to three because I agree with your choices: Aretha, Willie, Ray Charles. I would add to that list Bruce Springsteen, mm-hmm. Bob Dylan, Taylor mm-hmm. Swift, Patsy Cline, Loretta Lynn, Tammy Wynette, George Jones. Um. The yeah, I, I'm not arguing with any of those like, choices. How do you, I just, yeah, I just like, how the do you ever three. narrow it down? Like, wow. Yeah, I mean, Ray Charles. I don't know if anybody's ever heard it, and I don't want Max to go chasing it, uh, singing "America the Beautiful." Woo! That'll bring that'll bring tears to your eyes. It's absolutely so beautiful. And you just mentioned Patsy Cline. Do you know that that song that she had, "Crazy 
I'm crazy for losing you or loving you. That's a Willie Nelson. That was his first hit. He was oh, a songwriter. Dolly Parton. Song. Dolly Parton needs to be on that list yeah, at the very yeah, tip top. Yeah, Willie yeah. and Dolly are incredibly generous songwriters because they write these songs that are complete anthems and then just casually hand them over. Whether it's I Will Always Love You going to Whitney Houston yeah. or Crazy going to Patsy Cline. Speaking yeah. of country music, are any of you guys watching George and Tammy on Showtime? Jessica you know, I Chastain. saw the ad. I haven't seen it. Have you seen it? Oh, yeah, we're watching it. Jessica Chastain plays Tammy Wynette. And uh -huh. um, Michael, 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 I want to say Sheen plays, I'm probably getting that wrong, plays George Jones. So the guy that plays George Jones does not look like George Jones so much. But boy, what a show. Oh, my gosh. I was like, I said to Kev, let's just give it a try. Let's watch the first episode. We watched four episodes, one right after the next. It was. Do you remember so what platform good. it's on? Because Showtime. I remember it's on Showtime. It's okay, on Showtime, so and if you have Spectrum, it's on Spectrum on demand. For me to get Showtime, I've got to figure out what platform is carrying Showtime at one the, particular time or the other. The, don't you have cable? Because Showtime is cable. No, I don't. I've got internet. Looking, trying to book him, but my baby kept on cooking. <laughs> it's if you can find it, Bob. Yeah. If anybody listening can find it, it's so good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look for it coming up. I, I mean, I knew that they were a great like country love story. Yeah. Boy, that turned dark. It's Bob and Sherry. So a few minutes ago, if you're just joining us, we're talking about this show on Showtime called George and Tammy. It's the true story, or as true as we can be, of the story of Tammy Wynette and George Jones and their fiery, hot, passionate uh, love story that ended you know, in tragedy and tears, as it often does. Jessica Chastain is such a phenomenal actor. She sings. And I can't, I can't think of too many things more intimidating than for somebody to go, girl, we're going to need you to play Tammy Wynette and also sing Tammy Wynette songs while being Tammy Wynette. Actors and actresses who, who agree to that, whether it's playing Elvis or whoever, blow me away, have multiple so, talents. So the actor who plays George Jones, it's Michael Shannon. I was like, oh, uh -huh. I know it's something. Sh Michael Shannon. So. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, you know, we're watching George and Tammy and I'm like, oh my God, these actors are singing. It's, I mean, you got to have some stones to sing George Jones and Tammy Wynette. So I, I watched an interview with them talking about the show and here's how that singing is done in movies. They wear these things in their ears so they hear the music, but the, the directors and the sound people have to get what's called a clean take of just their vocals so that mm -hmm. they can mix it down later. Mm -hmm. So um, Jessica Chastain, and you're about to hear her perform Stand By Your Man in the TV show um, solo in Vegas because George is drunk and hasn't, he's no-showed, right? Um, the way they film that is the actor is hearing the music in their ears, but the, the extras and all of the people in the crowd and in the audience are hearing that person singing a cappella. So not only am I asking you to be Tammy Wynette, now I'm asking you to be Tammy Wynette a cappella. Here's Jessica Chastain. Stand by your man. Give him two arms to cling to. And something warm to come. 
come to you when nights are cold and lonely. The love you can. How you doing tonight? Good. Stand by your man. Now I know you know the lyrics. Let's sing this song Pretty together. Pretty good, right? Let her go. Big notes at the end that that song sh- has, and she and she hit it. She was good. You was should hear. Good. I had tears rolling down my face on the D I V O R C E scene, and when she sings "Apartment Number Nine, which is like maybe a lesser known Tammy Wynette song, you get goosebumps. So here's the real Tammy Wynette performing "Stand By Your Man" live on the um, the Johnny Cash TV show back in, I'm guessing, like the '60s, maybe. between yeah. Michael Shannon and Jessica Chastain as George and Tammy, there are some smoking hot scenes in this show where you're watching this and you're going, I indeed will be standing by my man. Yes, sir, buddy. Mm. So, they, so I know we're, I know we're pushed job for, with it. We're pushed for time here, but this is my quick, I, I was uh, briefly dating uh, a woman years and years ago and um, she loved um, Tammy Wynette. And Tammy Wynette was coming to a uh, club in the area that sat about 800 people. And I got tickets because I want to get in the goods with this with this uh, date. And the, uh, Randy Travis was a country singer that had a song called Picking Up Bones about that time. And it's like picking up bones. And it refers to like old relationships. You're going back and reliving, picking up bones. And Tammy Wynette comes out there. And of course, George Jones was having alcohol problems and was abusive and blah, blah, blah. And she left him. And she said, I like to do a Randy Travis song, but I'm going to pick, do my own spin on this song. And the song begins. 
And then she hits the uh, the hook and she goes, picking up Jones. Oh, God, did the crowd go nuts? <laughs> Pick, yes. I'm picking up Jones. But yeah, they did have, they had quite a partnership there, didn't they? This is Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. I was reading in People Magazine an article about Sarah Ferguson, the Duchess of York, who is 63 years old now, and she posted a tribute to her daughter, who is pregnant with their second son, Princess, I used to say Eugenie, but it's Eugenie, I believe is how it's Eugenie, pronounced. Eugenie, according to Wikipedia. Eugenie. Right. The couple, uh, they have one son who is two, about two years old. His name is August. And uh, his grandmother, Sarah Ferguson, posted a picture of him jumping in a puddle with a raincoat on, saying you're going to have somebody else pretty soon to jump in puddles with you. And she's just very excited about it. And it's uh, an announcement that came out of Buckingham Palace. And I just thought, huh, isn't it interesting that the woman who was scorned because of the messy divorce to Prince Randy Andy many, many years ago, the one who was considered an outcast, they're now bringing back into the fold and announcing things such as this with pictures out of Buckingham Palace. My, well, how times have changed. Well, Beatrice and Eugenie are princesses of the blood. So yeah. they were never really punished for their parents' no. misbehavior. But no. I'll tell you what, there is nothing like Prince Harry's book Spare to make Sarah Ferguson look so good. That's what I'm saying. So good. That's what I'm saying. That messy affair at the end of their marriage looks like nothing compared to what's been going on. Here's Sarah Ferguson. Oh, Harry. I might have had my foot in John Bryant's mouth, but you got your foot in your own mouth now, buddy. Tell me about (laughs) it. Yeah, I know. Ain't no fixing that. Right. That's right. Anyway, pretty pictures and uh, seems to be a nice family. It's Bob and Sherry. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast and the Bob and Sherry podcast. We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review, and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening.